If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Hi, everyone. This is Friday, and we are back. Welcome to the show. I am Myrna, and I'm Annette, and we are at Major Bargains in Cottonwood, Idaho. Thanks again to John Mogger for his generosity in allowing us to invade his office on Fridays. How about that? And the sun is shining sort of kind of here. I hope it's shining there, wherever you are, unless you need the rain. Okay? We don't. We don't need the rain. We already got a snark. Yeah, we do. Today, our topic is the second coming of Christ. But before we do that, we thought we better touch on the first coming, right? Because if you're going to say second, you need to kind of explain a first. I, I, there had to be a first before the second can come. That's a good point. Yeah. That is a very good point. So imagine that. Imagine. So the first coming of Christ was very simple. And we're going to do it in a little, just a few little words. If I can keep it in a few little words. you think I can do that? <laughs> I'll hold you down. Are you? Okay. All right. Thank you. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. His mom's name was Mary. And he lived a sinless life. Unlike us, he was perfect. Around the age you of... You mean I'm not? Uh, if you're perfect, then I'm perfect. And okay, I know I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're right. Because I know you're not. That's right. <laughs> Around the age... Of, I'm going to take that as a compliment. <clears throat> Around the age of 30... <laughs> It was. It was. Okay. He began his intense ministry of healing the sick, casting out demons, teaching the people about God and love, raising the dead. I love you. I love you too. He taught me that. He did? Good. I'm glad that you t- he taught you that. And he and and the Bible tells us in the in John Jesus did many other things as well, and that if every one of them were written down, even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written about what Jesus Christ did on earth in in the time that he was born to the time that um, he was crucified. Now, because he was doing all this stuff and everybody was following him, well, the religious leaders saw Jesus as a huge threat. He was getting all of the um, attention. He was he was being contrary to what they taught, and he was because he was talking about love and grace, right? And the religious leaders were talking about laws and works, right? And that you know, religious leaders were kind of like, "Do as I say, but don't do as I do," because that's just the way it's going to be. So, so they created and implemented a plan to have Jesus crucified, and he was. We just celebrated Easter last Sunday. Yeah, last Sunday. He died, and on the third day, he resurrected just as he said he would. And not only did he resurrect, but he appeared to over 500 people after that, where he continued to teach and disciple. Then he ascended into heaven with a promise that he would return. Right. And so he's going to return because he gave that promise. Okay. So, Annette. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus' first coming yeah. has a lot of similarities to his second coming. It does? <laughs> okay. Tell me you about want, that. You want to know how I want to Well, um, the scriptures say that all wrongdoing is sin, right? Yes, it does say that. 
Okay. Uh, Jesus loves us so much that he sent his son to be crucified for our okay. sins. Yeah, God loved us so much he sent Jesus his son. Okay. Yeah, and he was crucified for our past, present, and future sins, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So yep. he, he accepted that price Jesus did to yes, lay down did. his life for you and me, yep. right? He did. And um, he, all he asks is that we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Okay, how do, how do you do that? How does someone just accept him? Well, I mean, it's a choice. It's a matter of our choice. Okay. I mean, you got to believe. Okay. You got to believe that he came and that he died for our sins. You got to accept the fact that he's, he was a living savior that came down to okay. earth, was born of Mary. Right. And that he died for our sins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his first coming and the second coming has a lot of similarities. Uh, his first coming, the differences between it, the first coming, he came as a poor man, the first right. coming, the second coming, he's going to be the king of kings. Well, you know what? I want to go back to, to that part about him dying for all our sins and everything, because what if somebody wants, let's, let's go back to that. And what if somebody wants to have, so is it about a religion or is it about a relationship? About with that? a relationship. Okay. So talk to a me about A religion will not get you to heaven. Okay. A relationship with Christ will get you to heaven. Okay. So what's the difference there? The difference between a religion, a religion is going to church, hearing about God, saying, I belong to the Baptist church. I'm okay. a Baptist. Okay. That's a religion. Or I'm a Catholic or I'm a whatever. Or I'm whatever. Okay. I'm a Mormon. I'm a Jehovah Witness. Mm -hmm. I'm, that's a religion. Okay. A relationship is, I have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He lives in my heart. Okay. I read the Bible. I follow his vows. I do the commandments. Mm -hmm. I talk to God. I walk with him daily. Okay. And, and so in order to Do you get, have a friend, a good, good friend I do have, that you love? I do, sitting right next to me. That's a relationship. Mm -hmm. That's how you have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. He's your friend. He's your confidant he's your he's your lord mm -hmm. and the lord of your life he did put rules in the bible for us mm -hmm. to live by yeah we follow we believe what he put down for us to live by and we accept that he died for our sins right we accept him into our heart okay we ask him to come live in our heart and be the lord of there our life go. okay and that's how you that's how you become a have a relationship with Christ. You get a personal relationship okay. with Christ and you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Okay. And then you, you pray the prayer of salvation. And okay. in order to pray the prayer of salvation, sometimes you want someone to pray it with you. Why? Especially if you have never prayed it before and you don't know that prayer of mm -hmm. salvation. So and is it a special prayer? I mean... No, it's just asking God to come into your heart. There's no special prayer okay. about it. You right, get good. on your knee and say, Lord, I really want you to come into my heart. And that's all you have to say. Okay. All you have to do is say is forgive me of my sins. Yep. But some people feel a whole lot better when somebody prays it with them. Okay. And I think that too has to do with a the witness. They like right. that witness part. 
Right. Okay. And sometimes when you go to church, part of the witness is going in front of the people and mm-hmm. saying, you know, I've accepted God as my Lord and Savior. and I want to be baptized. Okay. Being baptized is telling people that you have God as your Lord and Savior. Baptism will not save you people. There's so many people yep. think they're saved because mm-hmm. they've been baptized. Or because no. they're good enough. Yeah, or they're good enough. Baptism will not save you. A relationship. Does. And I want to tell everybody out there that. Mm-hmm. If you want us to pray the prayer of salvation with you, then you can call 1-888-346-9141, and we will pray the prayer of salvation with Mm -hmm. you. We will. We will help you to gain that personal relationship with God because we want everybody to have that salvation experience. Yes, we do. We love you all. We want you all to have that experience Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid to call because if if you feel like that that is what something that you have been thinking about even you know we'll do it because that's important then you and i you and i you and us would be brothers and or sisters in christ right and we'll be your witnesses yes we will because we will you know god says that that we're here to hold our brothers up Mm -hmm. and sisters up and we are our brothers, yes. keepers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about that. What you were starting to talk about, the difference between Jesus' first coming and his second. He came first as a what? He came first as a poor man. Yeah. And what did he come as a second? When, as, when he comes in the second time, he's going to do what? Be king of kings? King of kings. Wow. What a contrast. What mm-hmm. else? And first time he came, he came as a carpenter's son. Yes, he was. His, 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 his human dad. Yeah. He was kind of like his adoptive dad, huh? Yeah. Was was Joseph. And when he comes the second time, he is the beloved son of God. And you know, when he came the first time, he was he was a carpenter's son, but he was also the beloved son of God. God. Mm -hmm. But man rejected that. That's right. Man didn't believe. They only saw him as the carpenter's son, carpenter's son, and they that that's how they judged him. Right? They didn't accept him. And it says that he was a that even the prophet in his own hometown did not accept him. Yeah. Okay. And this, and the first coming, he was despised by religious leaders. Absolutely. We kind of touched really. on that because they're, they're the ones that got everybody hyped up to get him crucified because they wanted him out of there. How mm-hmm. many of those religious leaders on the second coming is he going to despise? Mm. He's the great high I, priest yep. coming back. Mm-hmm. He's the great religious leader now. He is. And how many of those that don't accept him is he going to mm-hmm. despise? You know, mm-hmm. Jesus loves every one of us right. and every one of them, but he won't force not one person to accept him. That's right. God doesn't force anybody right. against their own will. Mm-hmm. And that's sad that is because sad. why do they not accept love? They don't understand it. Yeah. And when he was here on his first coming, he wore a crown of thorns. Yes, it was he did. forced upon his head. Definitely forced upon a his head. A crown of thorns. When he comes the next time, he comes with a crown of gold That's with true. rubies and the jewels in jewels. it. You're right. The jewels are in his crown. And when he came the first time, he was tortured. Yes, he was. He was beaten, sped upon, tortured, and whipped. He comes the next time, he will be worshipped. Absolutely. All people will worship him. It says, all people will turn their face to him. Not all people will will 
be happy that he's right. here because they will realize the, mm-hmm. their sins, but they will all bow down and worship him. It's interesting because it will, the scripture says, the Bible says that everyone, um, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When he came the first time, he was judged by Kingsman. Yes, he was. He was very well judged. And when he comes the harshly. second time, he will judge those Kingsmen. Mm-hmm. He will judge all, all kings, kings and men. That's right. Yeah. Well, as we go into break, we will come back and finish kind of talking about the di- difference between for Jesus Christ's first coming and his second coming, and then continue our thoughts on more on his second coming when we come back from break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abbadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hi, we are back. We've been talking about the difference between Jesus's first coming and his second coming like in his first coming he was a poor man he but in the second coming he will be king of kings and I think we stopped at at his first coming he forfeited his life he gave it he handed it over because he could have called upon the angels and he could have just said I'm not doing this and he did okay right. so he forfeited his life but on his second coming he is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end right that's pretty neat. And everything in between, right? Mm-hmm. What else on his, on his first coming? He was a sacrificial lamb. 
that kind of goes with his forfeiting his life. And on his second coming, hey, he's the shepherd who will gather his sheep. I'm one of his sheep. Are you Me one too. of his sheep? Yeah. And so that's kind of interesting, the contrast between what, what he was with his first coming and what he will be when, he's, when he has second coming, when he returns for his loved ones, when he turns for his sheep. And Annette, um, Max Licato wrote a book, many books. Oh, he's my favorite. He's author. her favorite. I love that man. I would love to meet him in person. Wouldn't that be neat? That he, would be my dream. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book, When Christ Comes, the Beginning of the Very Best. And it is about Christ's second coming. And this story, when we both read it, separately though, um, it really brought tears to our heart and our eyes. And Annette wants to, we want to share that with you, and Annette's going to read it. Yeah. It says, Christ rose first, then when Christ comes back, all his people will become alive again. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty three. The 1989 Armenian Armenian earthquake needed only four minutes to flatten the nation and kill 30,000 people. Moments after the deadly tremor ceased, a father raced to an elementary school to save his son. When he arrived, he saw the building had been leveled. Looking at the mass of stones and rubble, he remembered a promise he had made to his child. No matter what happens, I'll always be there for you. Driven by his own promise, he found the area closest to his son's room and began to pull back the rocks. Other parents arrived and began sobbing for their children. It's too late, they told the man. You know they are dead. He can't help. He can't. You can't help. Even the police officer encouraged him to give up. But the father refused for eight hours then 16, then 32, 36 hours he dug. His hands were raw and his energy gone, but he refused to quit. Finally, after 38 wrenching hours, he pulled back a boulder and heard his son's Mm. voice. He called his boy's name, Armin, Armin, and a voice answered him, Dad, it's me. Then the boy added these priceless words. I told the other kids not to worry. I told them if you were alive, you'd save me. (laughs) And when you saved me, they'd be saved too because you promised no matter what, I'll always be there for you. God has made the same promise to us. I will come back, he assured us. Yes, the rocks will tremble. Yes, the ground will shake. But the child of God needn't fear, for the Father has promised to take us to be with him. But dare we believe the promise? Dare we trust his loyalty? Isn't there a cautionous part of us that wonders how reliable these words may be? Perhaps you have no doubts. If so, you might want to skip this chapter. Others of us, however, can use, could, just a minute, I got to get the tears away so I can see the words. (laughs) Others of us, however, could use a reminder. How can we know he will do what he said? 
how can we believe he will not move the rocks and set he will move the rocks and set us free because he's always done he's already done it once let's revisit the moment shall we let's sit on the floor feel the darkness and be swallowed in the silence as we gaze with the eyes of our hearts where the eyes of our face could never see let's go to the tomb for jesus lies in the tomb still cold stiff death has claimed its greatest trophy he is not asleep in the tomb or resting in the tomb or comatose in the tomb he is dead in the tomb no air in his lungs no thoughts in his brain no feeling in his limbs his body is lifeless as the stone slab upon his on he which he has been laid and we put him there and the executioners made sure of it when pilate learned that jesus was dead he asked the soldiers if they were certain they were they were had they seen the nazareth twitch had they heard even one moan they would have broken his legs to speed his end but there was no need the thrush of the spear removed all doubt mm-hmm. the romans knew their job and their job was finished they pierced they peered loose they pried loose the nails lowered his body and gave it to joseph and nicodemus joseph of Ar- arimathea arimathea nicodemus the pharisee they sat in in seats of power and bore positions of influence men of means and men of clout but they would have traded it all for one breath out of the body of jesus he had answered the prayer of their hearts the prayer for the messiah as much as the soldiers wanted him dead even more these men wanted him alive as they sponged the blood from his beard don't you know they listened for his breath as they wrapped the cloth around his hands don't you know they hoped for a pulse don't you know they searched for life but they didn't find it so do so they do with him what they were expected to do with a dead man they wrapped his body in clean linen placed in a tomb joseph's tomb roman guards are stationed to guard the corpse and a rome roman seal is set on the rock of the tomb for 3 days no one gets close to the grave but then sunday arrives and with sunday comes light a light within the tomb a bright light a soft light flashing hovering we don't know but there was a light for he is the light and with the light come life just as the darkness was banished now the decay is reversed heaven blows and jesus breathes his chest expands waxy lips opens wooden fingers lift heart valves swish and hinge joints bend and as we envision the moment we stand in awe we stand in awe not just because of what we see but because of what we know we know that we 
too will die, we know that we too will be buried. Our lungs, like his, will empty. Our hands, like his, will stiffen. But the raising of his body and the rolling of the stone gives birth to a mighty belief. We, what we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Mm -hmm. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. That's right. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, mm -hmm. but alive he brings God down to us. Romans 6, 5, 9. To the Thessalonians, Paul stated, since Jesus died, broke loose from the grave. God will most certainly bring back to life those who died in Jesus. Absolutely. And to the Corinthians, he affirmed, all who are related to Christ will rise again. Each, however, in his own turn. Christ rose first, then Christ comes back. All his people will become alive again. For Paul and any followers of Christ, the promise is simply this. The resurrection of Jesus is proof and preview of our own. But can we trust the promise? Is the resurrection a reality? Are the claims of the empty tomb true? This is not only a good question, it is the question. For as Paul wrote, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith has nothing to it. You are still guilty of your sin. In other words, if Christ has been raised, then he has follower, then his followers will join him. But if not, then his followers are fools. The resurrection then is the keystone in the arch of the Christian faith. I think that will stop right there. <clears throat> well, we have two minutes. Oh, we got two minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll talk about that. The resurrection. Mm -hmm. One of the things um, is, you, are you, are you going to read any more? Uh -uh. Okay. So just like the Armenian father promised his son, no matter what happens, he'll be there for, for you. Um, Jesus promises in John 14, 3, kind of like what Annette was just reading, that, and I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. And that's what our whole Christian basis is on, is that resurrection and Jesus coming back to be and, and preparing a place for us so that we can go. Because, um, you know, death no longer has hold of us as believers. We don't have to fear death. He conquered it. And... For me, that's, that is a promise that I hang on to because of loved ones that have died before us, obviously, because we're sitting here alive, right? That was a kind of an interesting statement. The thing I hang on to is that God has shown himself to me. Mm -hmm. And without a shadow of a doubt, I know that God is real. Mm -hmm. He talks to me. Mm -hmm. He showed himself to me when I was a child. Mm -hmm. He has opened up the lights of heaven and shown it down on top of me. Yep. And he has done some miracles in my life. Yep. I don't know whether I've ever told you guys about the ring that's on my finger, but 
that was given to me by God. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, and it has been fixed by God, too, mm -hmm. when it broke. Yeah. So, God has done things for me, and I can tell you guys stuff. I can tell you guys stuff, and there's no way you guys cannot say it's not God. That's right. But we're going to go to break, and we'll talk about God when Actually, we come when back. When we come back, we're going to talk about trust, which is exactly what you're saying. All right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hi, welcome back. We've been talking about um, the second coming of Christ and how Jesus made that promise, and he did. He made a promise that he would come back, just like that Armenian father promised his son. And his son said, I knew you would be here. I knew you would come for me, Father. Well, that's trust, and we can trust Jesus. When um, in one of in a segment of when Christ comes, the beginning of the very best, Max Licato says, "You do the trusting, and God will do the talking." Well, you do the trusting, and and Jesus will talk to and through Annette and me today. You are the listeners. So tr I don't. I've never. I can't remember ever riding a two-seated bicycle. I've seen them, but I don't know that I've ever rode one. Have you? I guess not. So um, so. Uh, has anybody out here ridden a two-seated bicycle? If you have, 
Um, sorry, I was on mute. I'm sorry. She was on mute. Um, if It's kind of like when, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then he's in that front seat and you're in the back. And he is in control of the steering. You're in the second seat. So, No, I've never ridden a, a two. A bicycle built for two, two, except for in my mind. In your mind? Okay. So, how would stones feel under the tires if you are truly trusting Jesus? Well, for believers and non-believers, it would both be a bumpy ride. Okay? How, however, the believer would have a smoother ride because the believer is trusting Jesus to know the path to the smoother ground. Right. Okay? The non-believer has a rougher ride even though they're going over the same rocks and has the danger of falling off or wrecking because Jesus well, I don't think, isn't even on the bike. I don't think a non-believer would be going over the same rocks. They if might, Jesus knows the smoother path, he'd be going over a different path. Okay, so that path would be what? A smoother path. No, the, the non-believer. The non-believer would be going down the roughest path because he'd be going down where there's more okay. evil and more... I think one of the things we have here is that the, that the one who doesn't know the Lord would be going, would be steering into the darkness. There you go. Mm -hmm. And God steers into the light. He does. He does. And when we hang on. So that'd be altogether different yeah. paths. Yep. So what if, what, but what if your trust button also is stuck in the off position, meaning that you can't or won't trust anyone? Maybe well, it's hard for people to trust Jesus. In the first Jesus. place, there's no such word as can't. Well, it's in the dictionary. I, I understand that. Oh, okay. But so in, explain in yourself. A, in a matter of, of, of you, okay. can't, can't is a learned behavior. All right. So where did, where did we learn the can't? Our experiences in life. Our childhood, too? Yeah. All right. That's a learned experience. Okay. So I can't do something. So it's a, When you say I can't do it, mm -hmm. it means you're not going to. You've made that decision. Bam. I can't do it. And you've learned it from your lifetime experiences. You decided, you know, that's happened to me when I did that. I'm not going to. I'm not okay. going to try it again. Okay. That so, wasn't a good experience for me, so I can't do it because right. I won't go down that path again. Okay. So what if people say, I won't? I won't mm -hmm. means they don't have the ability to trust, to choose not to trust that one. So they have the ability to trust, but they choose not to. Yeah, they okay. have the ability to, but they choose not to. All right. So that's pretty interesting. Okay. So what about, so how do you get unstuck then? What, so on can't, you, that's a learned behavior and won't means I could do it, but I choose not to. So, ha, so in both places, See, it could be unstuck. All of our emotions and feelings mm -hmm. are our choice. They are, aren't they? Yeah. People say, you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. No, you didn't hurt my feelings. I chose, chose to get hurt. Mm -hmm. People a lot say, somebody hurt me. Okay, this is the perfect point for you to slip in what you told me yesterday about your, your I think, yeah, he is your oldest great-grandson. And he is only five years old. He's cute. He is awesome. And he was talking about, you were talking to him about feelings. Would you share that story, please? He was talking about his heart, yes. our heart. And I told him that, um, I forgot where the story started from. I about feeling hurt in your heart or something like I that. I told him that Gabe was his, his little brother mm -hmm. and that when he grew up, that 
you know, the things he did to him, he was going to do to him. And he said, but that would make him hurt if I did mm -hmm. things to him. And I said, yeah, it would. But I said, I said, it would hurt his heart. And he goes, no, he goes, I'd have to tell him that can't hurt his heart because it's an organ. <laughs> I go, oh, Isaac, you're so smart. You're such a little boy. He goes, people don't understand their heart can't hurt. It's an organ. It's an organ. Right. And I said, okay, where does it hurt? He goes, in your brain. Mm -hmm. And I go, how does it hurt in your brain? And he goes, because you think it hurts. Exactly. And he said, you got to learn not to think about hurt. And I go, well, what about when you cry? He goes, well, because I'm thinking it hurts. When mom hollers at me, I think it hurts. And I go, well, how do you stop it? He goes, I tell him, you quit that boy. <laughs> and I go, you tell yourself to quit that boy? And he goes, yeah. I turn the tears off. And I go, oh, you do that? I go, can somebody tell you to turn your tears off? He goes, yeah, but don't work unless I turn it off. Mm. He's getting unstuck. He's smart. He is. He's a very smart little boy. He tells me he's going to be a doctor when yes, he grows up. I believe it. And a teacher uh -huh. and a fireman. Uh -huh. And I go, why do you want to be all those things so I can help people? That's right. And I do believe he will. <laughs> yeah, he's a good and, kid. And what is so interesting is, and that illustration takes you right to our next point. Second Corinthians 10, 5 says to what? Take, Take your, your thoughts, thoughts captive. captive. And that's that what he's doing. boy does that. At five years old. He tells me, though, when he does something bad that mm -hmm. his other person does, does that. that. Yeah. It's the other brain. Right. The other brain that does that. Yeah. But yeah, he knows everything about organs, people. I'm oh, telling yeah. you. It he is. built a heart when he was three years old. Yep. Out of clay. Yes, he did. And it was a real heart. It looked exactly like a heart. So that little guy's going to be a doctor and whatever else he wants to be. Yes. So he's not going to go to school because he's, he knows everything the teacher knows. Yeah. He can't go to school because he'd have to teach her. Teach the teacher. Yeah. We're probably gonna, he'll probably find out something different when that happens. Yeah. So, next fall. So take your thoughts captive. It's exactly what he did. And that's, how, that's a good illustration. Also, to get unstuck, what do you do? You got to transform your thoughts from bad ones to, to good, good ones. There's Philippians a, 4 8. Mm -hmm. Finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay. Wow, because that's a mouthful. If you think about all those things, when do you have time to think about bad things? So think about something that's true. Instead of something that's false. God loves me. When, that's true. When Satan throws bad thoughts mm -hmm. in your head, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Oh, I can think about God. I can mm -hmm. think about who I love. I can think about reading the Bible. I can think about good things. Mm -hmm. Because then the bad thoughts have to leave. That's right. Think about God and Satan will flee from yep, you. You do. He will. So we also have to be careful whom we trust because childhood teaches us that there are people who we can trust and people that we cannot trust. Okay. But God has let us go through these situations in order to teach us. And some of those situations to, to, we are, we go through to guide others. And like, kind of like when we wrote the book about your childhood and some to make us dependent on Christ because he, right. all, you know, we go through stuff to help for God. God allows us to do that so that, we, he can help us understand we can't rely on ourselves. We are not an island. He is the one that will help us on that bicycle. Let him steer it. Don't fight him on it. Let him guide it and direct right. it. Yeah.
God's always there and he will never leave you or forsake That's you. right. And I always like to say that, you know, some people don't know what forsake means. And I always like to say he won't turn his back on you. He won't betray you. That's a, I think everybody knows what betrayal means. And God's not, he's never betrayed me. Has he ever betrayed you? Uh, let me think. Betrayed me. Nope. Nope. Not once. Didn't have to think hard on that one, did no. I? <laughs> I betrayed him. Oh, I've betrayed him lots of times. But do you know God is just, mm -hmm. and he always forgives us? Yes, he does. He forgives us of our past, present, and, and future. future sins. That's right. And we don't even have to ask, but we do. Yes. You know why we have to ask? Why? It's for us. Why is it for us? Because we're the ones that forget. Yeah. We forget that God forgives us. Mm -hmm. And so we have to ask so we remember that God forgives us. Yeah. He remembers everything. Right. But he doesn't keep a list of our sins. Isn't that awesome? Mm -mm. That is so awesome. But see, we have to ask him so that we remember that he is just to forgive us. We remember that he loves us so that we remember that our mm -hmm. sins aren't here because we're the ones that condemn ourselves. That's right. God doesn't condemn right. us. You know how many clients that come in and say, oh, I've done the unforgivable sin. Mm -hmm. Oh, God will not forgive me for this, this one. one. Yep. That's why we have to ask him to forgive that's us. That's right. Because we're the ones that's always saying he's going to mm -hmm. punish me. Right. He's going to punish me for this one. <laughs> yes. A lot of them. But in First John 1, 9, it says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and, and just, just to, to forgive, forgive me. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So when we don't accept that um, forgiveness, we're kind of telling him to bug off. And John says to confess our sins. It's not for God. No. It's, it's for, for us. us. Yep. So talk about, let's go back to that dramatic event that's going to happen here someday. Oh, the, the, the most dramatic world history mm -hmm. event? Yep. It's going to be <clears throat> so awesome it's going to be detrimental it's going to be scary mm -hmm. it's going to be this this event that's going to be in history it is going to be in one point it's going to be beautiful and awesome and I'm another looking point, forward to that another point it's going to be disastrous and scary and ugly ugly and horrible and frightening frightening but you know what? If you trust God and you believe God, you don't have to be afraid. No, you don't. Well, God will take care of us. Mm -hmm. But the unbelievers, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen to them? I feel sorry for the I, I unbelievers. Think, yeah. And what we're going to do um, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about what happens when, when Christ comes, what happens to our physical bodies, this body here. And to us as believers and to non-believers. So we're going to talk about that. Um, you know what? Back. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what we'll do. You can finish your thought then. I will. Good. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. All right, we've been talking about the second coming of Christ and how a dramatic event that will be in the world of history. And Annette, you had a thought. It's gone. It's gone. Okay, it went on break and didn't come back. So we'll just keep on going. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 49 to 57. We're not going to read that. We're going to summarize it, but it speaks of the believer's perishable body being transformed into imperishable when Jesus comes for his children. It says, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. So, our, this body, which is perishable, because if I die, I'm going to decay and go, you know, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. I'm already decaying. <laughs> you are. Well, so am I. All of us are, actually. And, and so, we're going to get this this perishable body is going to be into one that is imperishable. It's not going to rot. It's not going to decay. All right. However, and you brought this point up, and I thought it was a really good point that you brought up, the unbeliever's body is also going to have to be transformed from perishable to imperishable because they will be spending eternity in torment and, and in destruction. And a, perish- and a perishable body like this would not be able to withstand that. That's right. So it just is, you know, it's kind of like a no-brainer that that would they would have to have transform their perishable into well, imperishable. Everybody that dies gets transformed into a mm-hmm. to a non-perishable right. body. Believers yeah. and non-believers. That's right. Second Thessalonians. That was easy for me to say. Second Thessalonians, <laughs> one eight and nine says that God will punish those who do not know Him 
and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. I can't imagine being shut out from the presence of the Lord. Even believers right now, unbelievers do not realize, I don't know that they, I believe that unbelievers do not believe that how dark it will be when us as the light of Jesus are taking out. But do you know, what does people live for on this earth? Unbelievers or believers? Every person on the earth lives for. Love. That's the greatest gift in the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's what God's taking away from them when he shoves them out into outer darkness. His love. All love. Mm -hmm. There'll be nothing but hate, anguish, mm -hmm. and torment, torment down there. That's what the light is. Yeah. It's love. Yep. And that. And people, that's why we feel like this message is so important because, so this brings us to the next point because someone has said this, why would a loving God send someone to eternal destruction and separation from him? He doesn't. He doesn't. You're right. You do. That person chooses that. Every person that does not accept the love of Christ doesn't want to be there. Doesn't want to be where? In heaven. Exactly. Doesn't want eternity with Christ. Doesn't want eternity with that love. They want to wait till the last minute and say, oh, I didn't know you were real. Yeah. How many times have been told about it? Okay. So God doesn't send anyone to hell. That's their choice. I mean, God loved humanity so much that he what? He gave his life for you. He gave his only son. Why can you not accept that? Why can you not accept the fact that God is love? He's not asking you to accept too much. Nope. No. He's asking you to believe in love and eternal life. And then people are saying, I want to live my life on this earth and I don't believe in you. But then when you come back and, and show that you're real, then I'll believe. Right. Or it's your fault. You should have told me. Well, Romans chapter one says God's told us. It's all here. He's laid it all out. No one has an excuse to not see God. Yeah. Because they've been told. That's right. And it says, so, who provides eternal life? Jesus did when he died. He did. Mm -hmm. So, how does one accept the eternal life? By faith. All they have to do is believe. Exactly. And there's a scripture in Second Peter, it's 3, 9, that God is patient, okay? Not wanting anyone, anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. I don't know how people can say that, that God sends them to hell because he is patient. He's provided a way. If he was going to send them to hell, he would have, he would have on his first coming, mm -hmm. he wouldn't have died on the cross for right. us. He would have just destroyed the whole earth. Exactly. That's it. That was, that's right there. He sent everybody to hell. Exactly. Yep. The cross would never have happened. Right. So, rejection of Jesus is rejection of eternal life with Jesus. Okay? I want to say that again. Rejection of Jesus is rejection of eternal life with Jesus. God didn't, re God didn't reject you. You rejected God first. The easiest thing for, for anybody to say is, it's your fault. Exactly. It's your fault. I don't take blame for anything I do. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. Yeah. Jesus does, not Jesus does not force anyone to have a relationship with him, right? Right. He, he doesn't stalk us? No. 
I haven't ever seen him stalk a person that, like the rich man, young ruler, mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. to him and said, "How do I gain heaven? Mm-hmm. How do I how do I get to go mm-hmm. to heaven?" And he said, "Go sell everything you have and come follow me." And the rich young ruler had a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and he wasn't going to let none of that go. So he turned and walked away. Did Jesus go over there and go, "Hey man, hey man, I'll give right. you a better deal. That's come right. back." Come mm-hmm. back and you can come with me. Nope, he didn't. He didn't. Jesus he sat him there. Off. He stood there mm-hmm. and watched him walk away yep. with sadness in his heart. Broken heart. Yeah. So because he loved him. That's right. How many of you would stalk a person to be your friend? Right. You would bug them and bug them and bug them and bug them. Be my friend. Be my friend. Be my friend. What? Well, after your they neighbor fall. lady said I stalked you. <laughs> She did, didn't she? When a I didn't even know where you lived at that time. <laughs> Boy, you were a bad stalker. I, I couldn't even find your address. <laughs> she was the one that stalked you. She yeah. told she brought me over yeah, there. She did. <laughs> so that that's this is the way Christ is with us. He will ping our heart. He will ping your heart and let you know he's there. Okay. Wait a minute. And he waits patiently for I you got to it. join God him. God stalked you to bring me into that's your life. That's right. <laughs> If you refuse, his heart breaks for the lost relationship. His heart breaks, okay? We feel that God has called us to participate in protecting the oppressed and the needy worldwide. That's why we're on this radio. We call upon brothers and sisters in Christ to join us. Satan certainly has his troops organized. It is now time for God's troops to get organized. We need to set aside religious differences, join and confront the enemy arm in arm. We are in a spiritual battle just like Ephesians chapter 6 states. We must fight this battle spiritually with the armor. Let's join as God's people, submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and watch him flee. Because Christians, we've been doing too much running. We need to watch. We need to arm up and arm together, and watch him flee. We no longer need to retreat due to the evil around us. It's time to stand firm in our faith in Jesus and fight this spiritual battle together. The scripture says in James 5, 8, and we want to close with this statement that's from God. We didn't make this up. Again, it's in James chapter 5, verse 8. It's in your Bible, New Testament. Be prepared and stand firm. Because the Lord's coming is near. We don't know when it's going to come, but it's near. And I'm ready. Are you? I am so ready. I am so ready. And I hope that you are. If you're not, you know how to get a hold of us. BabaDaddyHouse7 at gmail.com. And um, we'll give you our home phone number, 208-962-7384. Have a good week. We will be talking about something exciting, of course, next Friday. Hopefully, we can be live on Facebook next Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.